When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Star Wars 7x7, episode 828. Today it's a Clone Wars briefing for you. I am looking at ARC Troopers. This is season 3, episode 2 of the Clone Wars TV series, and links to season 3, episode 1, as well as all the way back to season 1. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this episode features an idea that its time was long overdue, I would say. It is the idea that the Separatists should consider attacking Camino, right where the Republic lives. Or perhaps I should say where the clones live specifically. And the Republic has not diversified. They haven't decided to try and open up cloning facilities on other planets or anything like that to lower the risk of an attack and of being absolutely and utterly hobbled by the Separatists if the Separatists were to launch a successful attack on Kamino and destroy clone production, yeah, that's a huge strategic error on the part of the Republic. So basically, the gist of the episode is that. It is the attack on Kamino by the Separatists, and it is action-packed, but it also serves as a chance for some old clone troopers to return home, and specifically Fives and Echo. Going back to Kamino for the first time, and they run into 99, that old stunted clone that didn't turn out quite right, who ended up being assigned to maintenance and janitorial and whatnot, and he's devastated to find out that Heavy is no longer around. Heavy had died trying to save the rest of his clone trooper unit in that Rookies episode back in Season 1. Meanwhile, the clone troopers are itching for a fight because, as one of them points out, Kamino is their home. It's their home world. And that was a little weird at first to hear, thinking, like, clones consider anything a home? But, yeah, of course they do. And... Yeah, it was a really kind of a refreshing thing to consider. You know, you think of clones as being manufactured or produced and then trained in as, you know, factory-like a setting as you could possibly imagine. And yet they do have that sense of pride in home because they are, for all intents and purposes, human. It's, you know, sentient species, if you will. So they prepare for the army, and Grievous and Asajj Ventress are behind this particular attack. And Asajj has been given the location of the clone DNA room as well as where the clone barracks are. Now, the only person who could have done that is Count Dooku, which, of course, should be something that Obi-Wan and Anakin and Shakti, who's also still on Kamino at the time, should be questioning exactly how Asajj knows where this is, because Anakin does run into her wall. She's trying to take the clone DNA. 
But I digress slightly. So the attack by General Grievous, which involves a number of Separatist dreadnought ships, the giant cruisers showing up, you know, that looks like it's the attack. But, of course, it's a classic bit of misdirection from him. So there's a bunch of metal, shrapnel, junk pieces that get shot off of the ships, or at least appear to be, and fall down into the gravity well of the planet and come crashing down into the Kaminoan Sea. But it's not all as it seems. In fact, it's parts for building extra robots to attack the Kaminoan cities. And Asajj Ventress is somehow in a submarine hanging out with aqua droids ready to launch and assemble these attacking craft that are going to drill in and insert all sorts of crazy droids to attack the city, which naturally is a bit of misdirection itself because really it's all about Asajj getting the clone DNA. So Anakin battles Ventress, does get the best of her for a moment and gets the DNA back, but then she gives him a good whack he loses the DNA, and she tries to force-pull it to her, but a clone trooper steps in and snatches it, and so she ends up having to retreat. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan faces off with General Grievous, and as per usual, Grievous thinks he's gotten the best of Obi-Wan, knocks him off a platform where Obi-Wan looks like he's going to fall to a watery death. But at the last minute, he's caught and flown back up by an Iwa, or an air whale. Those are those flying things that you see breaking out of the sea in Attack of the Clones, if you just see the movies, like that's what the Kaminoans are riding in the water and out of the water as well. So once again, Grievous thinks he's killed Kenobi, and it turns out he's dead wrong. And speaking of dead, there's a scene in the Netflix version of this that did not actually air and was not shown at Celebration 5 according to Wikipedia. So there's a bit of a background thing about it here. It says, the scene where Asajj Ventress kills Commander Colt originally had Ventress kissing the ARC Trooper just after she impaled him on her lightsaber. The scene was cut when Cartoon Network insisted on taking it out at Celebration 5. However, the scene was still part of a data clip summary of ARC Troopers on Cartoon Network's own site. In later reruns of the episode, Colt is not shown being impaled at all. Rather, it's merely implied. DVD, Blu-ray, and Netflix of the episode shows both Colt's death and Ventress's kiss. The listing on Wikipedia says this is the first scene in the series to have been censored by Cartoon Network. You know, for all the things that happened on this series, I'm surprised that this is the one that does it. I mean, there have been people impaled all the time. Just, I guess, you know, her kissing him after impaling him or while he's still impaled on her lightsaber. That was somehow maybe a little too freaky for younger viewers, maybe, I guess. I don't know. But compare that to the fact that 99, in trying to be a hero and helping Fives and Echo and the rest of the clone troopers, ends up getting shot multiple times and dies as part of this attack. For all the clone troopers out there, I don't think any particular fandom has built up around Commander Colt. And I don't think any has built up around 99 either, but I gotta say, for an emotional death, it seems like 99's death is really more emotionally wrenching by comparison, considering the investment that they make in the character and, you know, how pitiful he seems at first, but how strong he is at heart, how he's able to convince Heavy to get back into the fight and end up graduating from his class and you know to see him involved with Fives and Echo again. Like, there's definitely an emotional investment in the character that we make, and I personally think that scene is a lot more horrifying in its way than the scene with Ventress impaling Commander Colton kissing his cheek. 
But alas, that's just my opinion, and I'd love to hear yours, so share it at the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. So as a last postscript in the episode, there's a scene where Rex and Cody acknowledge Fives and Echo and the contributions that they made and promote them to ARC Troopers, which is a fitting end to the ARC and fulfills their ambitions and definitely rounds them out as additional clone characters that we can root for as well. And that is going to wrap it up for my look at ARC Troopers Season 3, Episode 2 of The Clone Wars. And I've got a trivia question for you on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Hey, welcome back. Here's your trivia question. Listen, I've had a pretty messed up day. Last time I asked you how Ray keeps track of the number of days she's spent on Jakku, and that's by scratching marks onto a metal wall inside her AT-AT. Today's question, why is it difficult for Ray to turn the shields of the Falcon on while she's flying it? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get set up for your attack run, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not three marks at 210, it's Destiny Unleashed. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.